Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. This show is brought to you by Flatiron's Tuning, your source for any aftermarket or OEM Subaru parts. Be sure to check out our store at flatironstuning.com and stay tuned with Flatiron's Tuning. Well, let's see. Welcome back, everybody. This is now episode number 73 of the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. And I'm here today. We got, we got Dussex from another top secret location. And we've got a couple <laughs> of special guests joining us again. Uh, back on the podcast, we've got... Uh, Andrew or Drew and Miles from Race Comp Engineering. And we, we kind of talked about bringing you guys back on at the end of the first, uh, the first conversation we had with you because you guys had just gotten, I think the first of maybe two BRZs of the new 2022 BRZs. Yep. And your plan was to uh, get, some, get some time playing around with the BRZ and then come back so we could talk about it. And in the meantime, also thanks to Flatiron Subaru and Subaru of America, Via and I, were able to go out to the Utah Motorsports Park or Motorsports Campus and actually drive the new BRZ and the new WRX at, at their kind of ride and drive event. So we now have some, some good firsthand experience with the cars as well. And that was about two weeks ago that we got to do that. And honestly, I'm still a little bit confused about everything that, that went on there. And uh, I'm glad that you guys had time to come on so we could kind of like talk through your experience to see, see if it matches up with what we thought and uh, see what it all means. Yeah, sounds good. Looking forward to it. So, so Miles and Drew, how much, how much like hands-on experience have you guys had now with the new BRZ? Um, so let's see, we got ours, the new BRZ, we got ours January, mid-January. So it was pretty late compared to a lot of people that we see on the, on social media, but um you know, we had a lot of information and feedback from customers. Um, a lot of people were anxious to send us their shocks so we could shock dyno them and test. Um, so a good amount. Um, the car is, it's like the same car, but it's very different car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it, it you, you really have to do a reset when you drive this car. Well, because first of all, the, 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 the new amount of torque that's available, you know, kind of throws you off, right? Like torque is like money. It's like, oh, great, I'm in a good mood now, right? Um, and, and, and so, but, but then once you get beyond that torque, um, and yes, there is still a little bit of a torque dip, but you don't feel it as much. Um, once you get beyond that, it's like, uh, okay, this car, handles really well and they've made improvements where you didn't think they could make improvements mm-hmm. so um so yeah it's it's it, it's good maybe drew has has some things to some to add yeah i mean like the some of, some of the things that are more difficult to like quantify are the bigger changes i mean the car is very similar overall for, for, for the brc like the weight distribution overall weight is like pretty darn close. There's a, I keep saying there's a bigger difference between a car with me in the driver's seat and miles on the driver's seat than there in terms of like weight and stuff. Yeah. No offense, miles. Sorry. Uh, but you know, like the, <laughs> the hard parts to, to kind of put into words or, or get numbers on is like the, the overall chassis stiffness, which they, they made some big changes there. And that's kind of had us kind of rethink, um, you know, what's, what's happening while we're feeling what we're feeling and, you know, what's the, you know, the factory shocks and, 
uh, the little little tweaks that they did and what's like the chassis structure just being stiffer. So that's that's been something we've been talking about and thinking about a lot and, and trying a couple of new things with. Um, sure. Yeah. So, so Ryan, let me ask you, because you spent, I, I, I'd say, a fair amount of time driving the first generation BRZ on track. Would you say that that was a car, I mean, it was, it was good, certainly, but is that a car where bone stock, you would get it on the track and start driving it and think, this car doesn't really need anything, I just need to sit there and drive this? Or did you, were there some, some points of the first generation BRZ that you were kind of immediately thinking, I want to address this and maybe this, and then, then I can just kind of get on with the business of driving the car. I think it's like fair to say, and I think probably everybody feels that way. Is that like the first thing that the first generation BRZ FRS needed was different tires, like those tires that are yeah. right, in a competitive environment are just like, they're more like terrifying than anything. And I get the <laughs> idea, like when they're on the street, you know, you feel like you're really pushing a car 10 tenths when you're not really breaking the law. But when you get them out on track, it's just like, oh, okay, this is miserable. So I think one of the first things that Jeanette did with her BRZ was tires and like, mm -hmm. thankfully. So we did um, tires. I think originally we went to like from the 215s to the, like a 235 RE71R. And then you get in that car and like, wow, this car is like crisp. It's like very precise feeling. Um, but I felt like you're still rowing gears. Like you really had to like to get the maximum lap time out of it you really had to like really push the shifting you know where you're shifting a bunch and you know just stuff like that but i mean the car was like very like especially with the cruise con or the cruise control especially the cruise control off you know just, yeah like, yep. controls and stuff off it, it felt like i mean in stock form with just proper tires the car was like i mean i was just shocked at how good it was i've driven stock s2000s even even on proper tires and from a handling standpoint, the car just felt so crisp and precise. Yeah. I, you mentioned stock S2000s. I, I feel like I remember the stock S2000 coming with Bridgestone SO2s or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Honda was on a mission when they released that car. They, you know what I mean? Like they weren't half stepping, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which, which would be a modern day Michelin pilot for us yeah. back, back in 99 or 2000 or whatever it was. Yeah. Which, because <laughs> they're, they're coming on, the BRZs are coming on Michelins now. I don't, yeah. is it the pilot for us or is it's it just the four, just the four, but it's still good yeah. compared to you know what Ryan said, the, yeah. uh, the primacies, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. The, the primacies tires, are, yeah. they're, they're still there on the, on the base model. Mm -hmm. if, yeah. if, if, if I could add to what Ryan said though, you know, I remember driving that first BRZ and I might have touched on it in the first podcast, but you were just so blown away that this was a Subaru mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. a lot of those other things were just like, okay, we can work with this. Like, yeah. like, like this doesn't have axles in it. And it's like, it's like, oh, I turn. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, oh, we're turning now. Yeah. Um, that you know, it was a whole, it was, it was a different era. I mean, it was, it was 10 years ago. Right. And it, it changed the game for sure. Yeah. For, especially for Subaru. Um, and I mean, everything that you're describing, Ryan and, and, and miles that you have said, I mean, that's, I mean, I think all of that is still, all of that DNA is still very connected to the second generation BRZ, but, but like Ryan, you're saying you had to just like wind the engine out to get any kind of power and acceleration like that's, yeah. that's, 
like what has changed significantly now with this new engine. It just it feels like it is it is it has power and is is responsive almost through the majority of the uh, RPM range. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm curious. Are those things still on? There's torsion dips, right? Factory yeah. torsion on them. Yeah. I do know that. So that same that same BRZ now is supercharged and and it has its its own quirky personality now. But we Jeanette also went straight to like a, a real nice Modena uh, limited slip, mm. and I couldn't imagine driving that car like on a curb happy track like PPIR with all that power with the factory torsen. Yeah. So it's like, even when you're on the factory power, cause she went from basically like stock power to supercharged. There was no like bolt-ons in the 85 and none of that stuff. And even with like the suspension and all the stuff that the car had, which albeit simple, you get on the curbs and you would feel like the car like kick out when it would come off. You could feel the torsen thing doing the torsen thing at the stock power. So I, I'm just curious, like with the new power that the car has, is the Torsen still enough? I, I I spent a Sunday in Pennsylvania <laughs> in Lancaster County backroads, and which is Amish country, uh, mm-hmm. respectfully so. And if you've ever been in Amish country on a Sunday, everyone's in a horse and buggy. Uh-huh. And therefore, at every apex or every hill, there's evidence that there was a horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and buggy there and uh i i just remember telling my girlfriend like like oh yep th- there it is <laughs> there but um with that torsen thing there is a weird thing that happens in the rear of the car that i can't confirm yet because um we're trading off i've, I've got the new brz and my partner's got the i'm sorry i have the new wx and my partner's got a brz but before i gave it up we put all pillow ball, everything mm. in the rear of the car, right? Uh, subframe insert, insert bushings, everything. So I don't know, and I haven't felt it yet. When you get into like road crown and, and the rear wheels are f- trying to follow it, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a, a rear suspension movement thing or if it's the torsen thing, right? Because you're trying to get on the gas as you, you know, apex out yeah. where the road is wavy mm-hmm. you know but yet at the time i had like 2.4 rear camber so it's like okay is this camber trying to follow the road or is this a weird torsen thing you don't know you're you know you're fast hands ready <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to, to catch it yeah um but it does do some weird stuff and yeah i you know i i talk i talk to the guys at cusco usa and they're like you know you need limited slip <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. And I'm like, hmm, because I, I called them about a shorter final drive mm-hmm. because you know, there's easy horsepower, right? Yep, um, yeah. That's guaranteed easy horsepower across the band. <laughs> but um, first thing he said was that means nothing without the limited slip. And I was like, yeah. hmm, OK, yeah. educate me. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did like this. Um, I, I, I was lucky enough to have like a whole bunch of cars on this really kind of tight go-kart dusty go-kart track that we have up north in colorado and we had like basically a 400 wheel horsepower 335 on a and it was on a um a, some kind of torsion like m factory or something i had uh an e36 m3 with the factory limits like the clutch type and an is 300 on a factory torsion 
So you kind of have like the factory torsen, mm. the, a lot of power on like an aftermarket torsen, and then basically like modest power on the, the clutch type. And with the clutch type, you could really feel like you could really drive and control like where the back end of the car was. And yep. you would get on the factory torsen and it just kind of felt like it was open diff sometimes. And mm. then you would get with that high horsepower car and it would basically like the car would just like walk out and then it would hook up and then walk out and then hook back up. Like you could feel like the tires doing this push and pull thing through the power that that car had, but it was just so linear with the factory clutch type that the BMW had. Like, I feel like I could feel that for sure. Like that kick on like Pikes Peak and national raceway out here on the, the BRZ before. And I couldn't even imagine like a 250 wheel that it's at right now, what it would be like, it'd probably be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. you're right though. I mean, I think there's going to be, there's certainly more re reason to go for a, a real uh, rear diff with a, uh, with a new car for, for me, I'm on the a first gen with the factory torsen and, and in, it feels the, the main thing I feel is like it's 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 slow to react and and it kind of comes in too late and um, I'm actually temporarily back on mostly stock bushings in the rear yeah. um, and that kind of there's like an extra delay there too with the rubber compared to spherical's that I had on the four now Miles has a bunch of them on uh, the twenty two. Um, so like it it does feel a little bit sloppy and slow reacting the, the rear end moving around um and yeah with with more power that would be a little bit more concerning so ryan if i could ask you what do you think that would feel like so for all the people that go straight to 255s or straight to 265s but they're not used to the limitations of the torsen what do you think that's going to feel like when they're taking away camber? So you're like negative two in the rear, negative three and a half in the front, 265s on the car. What do you think that's going to feel like? Like, what would you tell people who, who are planning to do that? I would say like, so this car was obviously on, we went to 255s eventually. And as long as you were like with the stock power that the BRZ had, um, as long as you weren't really driving aggressive on curbing, you would mm. I honestly never noticed it. Mm -hmm. and, it. Um, and, and so, and the car always feels hooked up. The funny thing about big tires is that the cars feel slower and it's not <laughs> yep. really are slower. It's just because like, you know, Oh, like you're not getting any of that wheel spin, you know, you're not There's getting no drama. That, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Like, so like the surprise to me was, is when you did hit the curbs, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, like that kick, you know? Yeah. And so it was like the big tires made so much of a difference in the handling of the car that when you did get that torsen kick or whatever, I mean, I guess that's just what I'm gonna call it right now, it would surprise you. But when it was on small tires, it always kind of felt like the thing was trying to do burnouts all the time. You know, you get over the curbs, you're in high planes, you're like, oh God, this is, trying to kill me with those terrible tires. But yeah, once you get to the 255s, the 265s on an 18 inch wheel, I mean, I think the car might feel slower cause it's like actually more controlled, but I'd imagine, I mean, and that's what it did for me. It like really surprised me like, oh, okay. So that's what it's going to be like mm -hmm. now, you know? And it feels like it really, the tires help out so much, but once you're in that situation, there's really kind of like an on off switch when it does yeah. happen. It's not so much as like, it never feels like you're working your way up to it. And then it's like, oh, okay, there it is. It's very much like you're going through like, and then you get that kick, like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's what that is, you know? 
Well, that's because that's because with the torsion, with the gears connecting the two wheels, as long as you have traction on both wheels, the 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 differential is connected and it's doing its job and it's distributing torque. You hit a curb and you you get a jump. You you break one tire loose, and basically it defaults to an open diff, and then that's where you get the spin. You know, yeah. it, you lose the traction on the one side. Like that's upsetting the car in that way is where it that's that's the failure condition for the torsion diff. But right up into that point, then it it just you wouldn't you would probably never know that it's like doing anything back there other than you just you mat the gas and, and it feels like you got lots of grip and the higher the higher like the wider tires and the higher grip tires are definitely gonna like bring that whole level of the car up you yep. know it's gonna increase like that threshold but it just becomes one of those things is like when you really are getting super cindy with it it is like a bigger surprise than like that limit because the limit is so much higher so yeah so yeah, so, I was just curious, like with the stock power of the new BRZ, is the stock diff still enough? But it, it didn't there it never jumped out to me that there was any kind of issue with the torsion diff, but I didn't I, I got to drive it on track at speed, but for a really narrow it was like a lap and a half. And that's it. And I got I, I went in too hot into one corner, was on the brakes a little bit, the rear end lifted. But then as soon as I got back on the power, just sat down and it just and it just shot out of the corner. So I I I my feeling is that the the increase in torque is not enough to really push the torsion into a failure condition. Like it's not, I don't think you're gonna be breaking the tires loose a ton with this car unless you really try hard. And especially if you put really sticky tires on it, you're gonna have to try really hard to break the tires loose. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's definitely a um nice to have, not a must-have, I think, for for most people. Um when you get to that kind of like more serious end, it's absolutely, it's worth thinking about for sure. Um, and, and maybe with the second gen, we're just shifted a little bit closer that direction, but um, plenty of other stuff to do first, I think. Well, and there's, there's another factor here, which is the overall suspension. And Miles, <laughs> I think you had said when we first talked about this car, that the, the stock suspension on this new BRZ felt like I'm paraphrasing here, so forgive me, but it's something like a good set of coilovers on the first gen. Like the stock suspension was was vastly improved over what the stock suspension was on the first gen. And so as that suspension is working better, it's gonna give you more grip. And then again, like you're, you're not gonna notice maybe the rear end being as snappy as it was on the first gen. Yeah, I mean, um, well, knowing what we know now that the stock gen two front shocks have rebound springs in them um you know yeah there's there's a lot going on and it's funny it's funny you mentioned that because when i'm thinking about how the stock wr new wx handles that there's a similar trait here with regards to them trying to control body roll 100 in in, in a in a 40, 40 year old technology right yeah because porsche bmw audi did that first um bill stein i think did it for the oes but yeah it, it the car is leaning less um the spring rates haven't really changed much i think correct me if i'm wrong drew um but the steering the sensitivity of the steering is 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 improved and the car is what you know more than half an inch wider um and yeah, it's, it's like it's longer too i think uh, for the for the brz it's like a tiny tiny bit longer um yeah barely um, i think the wx is like two inches longer 
Yeah, the WRX wow. is a whole lot wider too. It's a yeah. limousine, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, WXL. <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad you said that, Miles, because that like driving these two cars back to back was was like really interesting, really exciting, and really confusing because this <laughs> this like where like like you're saying like the BRZ totally changed the game for Subaru. Like this is not like any Subaru you've driven before. This feels different than any Subaru you've driven before. And I'm driving the BRZ. I drove the BRZ first on that day. And it's like, this is, I really enjoy this. This is great. Then I drove the WRX and I'm like, this feels eerily familiar to what I just drove. Well, yeah. Well, and, and it, we can get into that more later, but, but like it, the, this rebound spring, this new suspension technology, like what Subaru is on. And, and you, you guessed this miles you said you you were excited to drive the new wx because you're like i think they're doing something here subaru has has changed the design they've they made a step forward and i think you said i bet you they're going to do something with the wx and you're 100 correct yeah well hey look first of all on on in terms of the new wx if you go back to the project manager for the g for the va wx they said they told us up front we are we are learning from the handling uh attributes or breakthroughs of the brz mm. like they've they've told us all along they're trying to make the new wx handle more like a brz but i also think that the vast majority i mean what thirty thousand cars a year most of them are not modified right right i mean if they were modified and they bought our suspension Ooh. i'd be doing a podcast from like monaco or something right right <laughs> but yep. but they're not um so they're trying hard to make it so that for people who don't modify the car, they have a good handling car. You're coming right. in at a higher level. Right. Yeah. Stock. I mean, everyone, like the 22 WRX owners that I talk to, like they, like, they're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to max out front camber and put on 200 treadwear tires and go autocross. And I'm thinking, yeah. Yep. Right? Brake pads. Um, Brake pads. Now, yeah. Right, right. Brake pads. Now you guys drove it on track. And yep. so did you ever feel the, the, the inside wheel slippage from like the weird torque vectoring that the outgoing WX did? Are, are you feeling that with, with the new one? Uh, this is the new, the new WRX. Yeah. I would say no, but I, I, again, like they gave us, I mean, it was Subaru's car. I couldn't yeah. drive it like crazy um, like, and, and yeah, I had a very short window of time um actually I it turns out that one of the instructors for the event is somebody that we know and I'm actually okay. bringing her on for a podcast like soon and so she spent weeks driving mm. this car at <laughs> speed and so we can dive into that more but but my experience would I would say no and in fact so when we when we drove the WRX we were on the west course at Utah Motorsports Campus and um, specifically there's, there's a, a triple apex corner in, yes. in that configuration. And it had been over 15 years since I had driven there dating myself a little bit. <laughs> and so, so she's like, do you remember this course? And I said, let's just say no. And mm -hmm. that came up and I totally missed it. So I, I knew I saw the second apex. So I went in late, but I basically apexed the second apex. And so I was all the way inside and the third apex was coming around. So I was basically going way too fast. For number three and i just basically tapped the brake a little bit i turned the car in a little bit it was totally compliant stayed totally composed hit that apex powered out and 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 continued on like it was 
there was no drama, no shenanigans. And it was, I was, I was bummed that I made a mistake like that, but at the same time, like for that car to be so composed, like, like an old discovered. Car, yeah. You, you'd be, you'd be off in the weeds. I mean, they'd be pulling me out of the gravel, but it was it, just like so easy to, to just like make up for that small mistake and control it and just carry on. It, it almost feels as though, I mean, I don't know if the new car has torque vector, right? Um, I don't know. But it almost feels as though, the, you know, the way you would get the inside wheel in the outgoing car to skip like low speed, second gear, boost kicks in, and then it kicks in, traction control yeah. kicks in. If it's not there, you just push outward. Yeah. It's almost like this new rebound spring is there really for low speed inside wheel traction. And, and, yeah. the, and the autocross guys might might have an advantage here against other cars, right? Uh, yep. other all-wheel drive stock class cars because because of this technology. Yeah. Um, but I haven't autocrossed it yet. Um, probably won't. <laughs> It'll get tracked. <laughs> well, but um, I'll tell but, you this: you should try it once. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because they set it up for us. That's that's one of the things oh, they got. Okay. They showed up a really. They set up a really short autocross that was super tight. And and I'm I'm talking like probably out and back in about 40 seconds oh, like wow. it was it was super short and and really tight and, the, and their whole thing about this was and the, we did it in both the brz and the wrx so in the brz and the wrx we go out and their whole thing that they want us to do is start off in first gear immediately put the car into second gear in both cars stay in second gear the whole way around mm. and which which we did and basically to showcase the fact like how they've changed the way the torque. power is delivered in both cars that the torque is delivered that it's basically very linear in both of them yeah and and it was but the thing that was crazy to me is is the wrx in this very tight autocross felt i would i'm going to say as responsive as the brz did mm. in that same environment um the steering inputs like there was there was no real understeer there was no plowing i did like there was a, a cone at the very back that I went in way too fast because I was driving the whole thing blind. I went on the brakes a little bit because I was going in too fast and it did understeer a little bit there, but everywhere else it was extremely composed in second gear. And there was there was a couple like like uh, chicanes like left, right, back and forth where it didn't even break traction. So wow. I, I would bet you that there is some torque vectoring going on, but it's yeah. like when you when you elevate the suspension, when you get the suspension to work better, it's going to keep the tires in contact with the road more efficiently, more effectively, and give you more traction. And so, like when you're talking about like a torque biasing differential kicking in or traction control kicking in, that only starts when the wheels start to break loose. Right. And it was it was unreal in this autocross environment. And actually, they did a, a mock rally stage where it was even more impressive, where you're going in fast and doing like really tight turns but the tires didn't chirp or anything like there was, there was no loss of traction and the car was just so eager to turn. It was, it was like, it, it was not like any stock WRX that I've ever driven. When, when you look at how they released the car for better or worse with the fender flares things and the, the cladding um, and you know, the rollout had like, you know, the car was basically on dirt for all the pictures um, and then they talked about the increased travel of the car, which over the years, Subaru has, has reduced the amount of travel on WRXs. Yeah. Um, it is 
to, to me, it's kind of a throwback to like the bug eye it, which so it has travel, but now it also has like a whole bunch more technology. So it doesn't feel super soft and floppy. Um, but with that travel and now the, the rebound springs that is, that is helping you keep the tires actually on the ground and making the most of it. So you don't need, I mean, real diffs are nice, but yeah. you don't need all the torque vectoring and, and a, a real diff for, for most of what we're doing. And at um, stock power levels, with stock size tires, and everything like that, you're not, you're not going to be able to easily overcome the grip of the tire. I mean, that's, that's basically, that was my experience in both, in both cases is yeah. that the package of the suspension has now been elevated to the point where like, it just feels like the car is just has a lot, a lot of grip and is very responsive and, and has a lot of turn in turn in because they've they've just got the suspension working so much better that that and the and the wider track that we talked about yeah. i mean you don't need springs that are quite as stiff if you've got a, a wider track so more travel um maybe spring rates that are not outrageously stiff the the rebound springs it, it's all about keeping the tire on the ground and helping you power out when you can and, and yeah. keep in control john one other thing and drew and i were talking about this is Subaru and you know why I mean who know who really knows but I mean they're they're really borrowing from other manufacturers right um the the struts in the front use a type of uh it's a barrel spring mm-hmm. and so therefore the bottom coil is say like three inches and the next coil is three inches and then it wounds out to a five inch so on the bottom side when it under full compression the, it, it's it's uh it's collapsing inside of each other and that's oh. something that that's something porsche does on the boxster and okay and the cayman front strut right to, to avoid coil bind yeah and, and and to give travel yeah right and so that combined with like drew was saying i mean but how <laughs> what happens when you take off the stock suspension and you put on a coil over wait oh <laughs> a short travel coilover and all of a sudden there's not much droop everything they worked on for the handling of this car is going to go poof like so like cartman's <laughs> yep so like like we talked about in the first thing where we were kind of talking about your history's rce like with the sti specifically that that had a, that car has a suspension on it that is easier to make worse than it is to make better right and, and I think like with the new BRZ and the new WRX, in both cases, it's going to be way easier to make them worse than it's going to be to make them better, especially with a, let, let's call it an intra-level coilover. Are we losing Ryan? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> He's buried. <laughs> Building a He's fort. trying to hide. Yeah. We're boring him. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no. I, I just want to touch on. Planning my, my pillow strategy here. That's right. <laughs> Well, you've got enough. You have to have a strategy. I mean, otherwise you're just going to get overrun by this. Thing. <laughs> Let, let's talk about this rebound spring. I mean, in yeah. simple terms, I mean, it, is it is it fair enough to say like, you know, you think about a bump stop and in most suspension, like it, it's this piece of rubber polyurethane that's basically sitting, it's a bumper at the stop, at the top of the travel. So when the suspension is fully compressed, you're just hitting this rubber bump stop. And now what this, what this rebound spring is that we're talking about is taking that rubber bump stop out and replacing it with a spring so you have you have some 
like a progressive build in, in a spring that is going into effect as that compression or as, as that travel is, is being maximized. Think of it as, I'll let you yeah. try to explain it. Okay. So I'm probably sort of, <laughs> sort of. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, there, there is still a bump stop, a regular bump stop on, on these cars. Um, and the rebound spring is kind of um, a reverse bump stop, I guess. So it's, oh. and so it's, um, it's a rebound stop. Yeah. But a spring. So, uh, whereas the bump stop when it's compressing and you get all the way down, um, you have like a bumper there to kind of add some, some progressive spring rate at the very end. This is kind of doing the same thing on the extension side. Extension so, side. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it really helps us see a cross section and I really want to cut one open, <laughs> but we're not there yet. We need them. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, it's as you extend all the way or you're in a corner and the inside wheel is lifting and kind of ex extending in a corner. Um, this is like a little, the spring is pushing it back down towards the ground. Um, and, uh, the, yeah, the rebound spring is pushing the inside wheel back down towards the ground. Yeah, and so off the car, if you just have the strut, um, you you see it. the the strut The strut looks like it has um, x amount of travel, but then you try and you you can pull it out another couple of inches, um, and that takes some actual force because these these rebound springs are a whole lot stronger than than you might think. Um, so there's like kind of like a, a little bit more extension than it looks like because the spring is pulling things back down little okay so in other words like you, you lift the car off and the tire is going to come off the ground sooner than you might expect but if you apply force to the tire there's actually more droop travel there but the spring is resisting it yes okay yes. Hmm. I, that, that's the face i made a lot too well, <laughs> so see, then I would, around it, it. to there what i what that almost would seem like to me is instead of it if you lift the inside front, instead of it pushing it into the ground, it's pulling the front up to basically pull the weight of the car back down. So let me bring it. Can I share a picture? You should be yeah. able to share a screen. Yeah. Okay. It might take me a second. Because like the, the, the really interesting thing in standing and watching people drive these cars is how flat they stay. Mm-hmm. So like if you're watching, like when we're doing the autocross, because it's like everybody's in the like behind this little fence and everybody's running out, coming back and then switching. And these cars, they're going through all these chicanes and stuff like that. And they're just, it looks like they're moving like this, that there's very little body roll. Yeah. And, and it's like what they were attributing it to was this, this rebound spring. Mm -hmm. And, and my impression of it was kind of like, like you think about a sway bar where a sway bar starts to come into effect when like you're unloading one side and you're loading up the other side. Like that's where the sway bar starts to kind of fight that motion. Right. It's like the rebound spring is acting on behalf of the sway bar on the outside as you're starting to load it up to give you like an increased spring rate, you know, extra support on the outside to, to fight that roll, but only when you need it. That's, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. If, if, if you could, if, if you could envision where the shock goes into the shock body that directly under that is this, what looks like a valve spring on a motor. Mm -hmm. right. And and there's obviously an attachment somewhere on the shock internally that as the inside tries to lift, and if you just said this, Drew, forgive me, um, as the inside tries to lift, 
that spring is hitting the top of the shock now. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it's got a good, it has to have a good amount of force. It has to have, it has to be rated in the three and 400 pound range. And then it's small Mm -hmm. and it creates just enough resistance to, as you said, act as a bit of a sway bar, right? Because it's just amount of, it's just resistance. Um, And that's what's keeping this new car so flat, right? And when you go and do lowering springs, you're going to have to factor in, like, this is what we're working on. You have to factor in that Mm -hmm. because it is position sensitive. You lower it, now you get away from that. Um, So there's that. Um, And yeah, you can't put like a three inch camber plate well, you can't do a three inch lowering camber plate in the front and the rear of the car to lower yeah. it to keep but if you could you could effectively keep this this advantage and 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 to many people it's not going to matter because they're they're not going to care about any of this technology and they're just going to they're going to throw on something and slam it to the ground anyway so yeah um but for stock well, class autocrossing it's brilliant and i hope they i hope that they don't all do that at least at least a, a small percentage of them don't don't just do that because it's like this car, like autocross. I mean, it, the responsiveness of this car is just it, both of them is just so unexpected and, and different. I mean, like Ryan, you know, if we can pull you back from the pillows, like <laughs> like you when you had your bug eye, like would you have ever like when you just got into that car and it was like lightly modified, would you have ever said like this is going to be an autocross weapon? Like the turn in is just so responsive. Like I don't really need to do anything. I can go out there and I can autocross this and throw it around. And it it just it just needs a set of tires and a set of brake pads. Yeah, just on those factory sixteens with those like big fifty series sidewalls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's funny is that if the SEBs listen to this, they're gonna be like, we were gonna make that a D stock car, <laughs> but now I think we're gonna make it an A stock car. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they did that when the performance package BRZ came out. They uh, bumped in twenty seventeen plus. They bumped mm-hmm. them in a C stock. You know, because those difference between the bill stains and the, the sway bars and the brakes, like this is better than it should be. Yeah. And, and um, but the WRXs were still running in D stock. So now I kind of wonder, I'm curious to see where the shift is going to be with the new car. Cause the new car is not classed right now. I don't think it might be yeah, this year. But it wasn't class at the end of last year. And um, so the people who are getting it, like Dave Santel, like a notorious autocross badass got one of these like right off the hit and it was just, he was running like XSA and just, just sweeping everybody in a stock BRZ. It was just crazy. Yeah. He, he sent us his uh, factory shocks. So actually yeah. big shit out to him. Cause those are, we, we don't know those. Yeah, hell <laughs> so, yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. He's uh, like, yeah, I'm putting MTSs on them. You guys can have my hand me down yeah. on a big deal. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I, I hope that, I hope that the people autocross the WRX too, because like, that, I mean, people did like big time back in the, the bug eye days. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, throughout the, the GD platform, um, I mean, they were out in SDX and STU battling mm-hmm. for a while and it kind of died a little bit. Um, and I hope people get back into it for, this, for that car too. I, one of the things that struck me, so so before we got to drive the cars on track, of course, like the, the whole point of their of going to this event was to educate us about the car. Tell us about mm-hmm. what they did. And, you know, it, it's funny, like when, when last we talked, uh, 
Miles Drew. Like we basically solved the problem for Subaru. You just need to make the STI have 400 horsepower, <laughs> dual clutch transmission, rear wheel drive, <sighs> you know, and just just cash the checks, take the money, no problem. And apparently they missed that episode because they they went and killed the thing off. <laughs> and and you hear that, and, but yet then the WRX is coming out, and then there's kind of this let's call it polarizing release and you're and it's like, well, it's a 2.4 engine, just like the ascent. It, it's got the, the look and appearance of like the Forester and, and the cross track. Like, is this just basically going to be Subaru phoning it in, in a parts bin car, you know, basically to give people the, the turbo cross track that, that, that everybody has been wanting for so long. And it's something where as an enthusiast, we're just going to just like, there's going to be a, a very poor platform to start. The thing that I was most impressed by is almost everything on the WRX is new. It's new yeah. technology. They like the suspension is new. The, the the electric power steering is new. It's the first Subaru that has a dual pinion uh, power assist steering. Mm. So when your your steering uh, column is connected to the pinion in a different location than the motor, so basically one it gives basically uh, the motor a little bit more thorough control of the rack because you've got two gears holding the, the sh steering in place but also your wheel has a direct connection to the rack with no motor on the other side of it so you have better feel and it also lets them control how heavy the steering feels depending on the car speed so it's lighter when you're going slower and then it actually gets heavier as you go faster like this <laughs> Like the suspension is new. There, there's a ton of aluminum stuff. Like the WRX is like, mm -hmm. they, they all have aluminum control arms. Um, it has a unique valve train and cylinder head. It's not the same cylinder head and everything off the ascent. It's unique. Um, and then it's got the electronic wastegate and the electronic bypass valve. Yeah. So, so it's, mm -hmm. and it's a new turbo. So it's a unique turbo that has all these electronic controls. So like the, the ECU now has complete control over how that engine runs which is how they basically nerfed it, which we can get into detail, but basically it drives like an uh, national aspirated engine. Yeah, it, it does. It has a completely flat torque curve because that's what they wanted to, to do. But it's like, everything is new here. It, it's almost like baffling that they would put this much development and technology into this WRX and not also make it an STI, especially because they've gone so far with the WRX. So first thing that comes to mind is, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm probably wrong, but when when they announced it, I think we ordered ours like, well, we ordered ours like two days later. And everyone thought, okay, these cars will be hitting in like mid-May, mm -hmm. early June. Boom. Within a week and a half of them saying no STI, people start getting their WX. Yeah. Like that to me seems very suspect it's a, it you know what i mean it's like you're not going to get a you're not getting an sti so we're but oh you're getting the wx early it, yeah but they're <laughs> they're having production issues so like uh, oh, okay. at least as of two weeks ago i want to say there was a, less than 500 wrx's in the country wow and in, and in fact wow. there there are no there are none of the the CVT automatics at all mm. in the country because they were right. there were supposed to be two of them for us to 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 demo and they they couldn't make them because they're having parts availability issues and i think that that might be part of the SDI issue too but yeah, well who knows i'll tell you i i got to talk to some of the Subaru execs after some of these things and they they painted actually a picture that makes a heck of a lot of sense 
it's not cool and conspiracy theory laden. Um, <laughs> That's not fun. Which, which I think, like, you can make a serious argument. You know, Toyota owns 20% of Subaru. Subaru kills off the STI. A week and a half later, the GR Corolla is announced that is almost like people were confusing the GR Corolla for the, the STI because they look so similar and all that. But, but here's what they said. What their, their point was that in 2026, there's new cafe standards for, for fleet uh, fuel economy, which is 40 miles per gallon as, as a fleet average. And Subaru is going to have a tough time hitting that. But like the STI has always been the worst offender in terms of fuel economy. And even like with these direct injected two liter and 2.4 liter engines, they're still not, I mean, they're, I mean, I think at best, maybe 32, 34 MPG. Um, I think some of the natural aspirated cars with the CVTs are getting closer to 40, but they're still not there yet. And so if you, if you don't hit that number, then you have to find ways to make up for the fact that you didn't hit that number. And so this is like, you know, this is how Tesla makes a lot of money. All their cars don't have any emissions so they can sell all those credits to other auto manufacturers. So like you're talking about like, mm. you know, Dodge and the Hellcat and the Demon and all that stuff. Like, hey, how can they make these crazy, you know, 900 horsepower street vehicles that get like two, two gallons per mile when <sighs> they're supposed to be having this, this fuel economy average? Well, they're buying credits back from Tesla. And so what they what they said is so with this fleet average coming in, Subaru one doesn't really have the budget to to buy credits back in the first place, but two like Subaru is the type that their mentality is, if you say that we have to do this, we're going to do this. Like they're that's just their mindset, and they're they're going to try and find a way to do it. And so that's where they they looked at if they would have come out with the the STI, basically 23, 24, 25, you have three model years. And all the development that would it take to put into an SCI to create it, they're not going to break even in that three model years. And there's probably no way that they could continue selling it in 2026. And that's where they just weren't able to come to market with it. Now that's, that's kind of me piecing some things together, I, but it, it, I think it paints a, a reasonable picture. You know, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think the Subaru likes their seven year model runs basically, or whatever it is. And, and it was, things were just lining up to not really work out for, for the STI um, on top of, of that with the uh, emission standards and stuff. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's sad to wonder what could have been um, from a power perspective and also, you know, all other rumors and, and crazy ideas that, you know, we yeah. wanted, but I, I'm still maybe in the minority, but I, I, optimistic that there could be something kind of awesome with an electrified STI someday. Well, I, I look back and now, and I think to myself, you know, when you gave us the S209, <laughs> little did we know mm. that that would be the creme de la creme or whatever. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, like they threw everything at it. So, well, it, things have changed so much with this new, this new WRX. Um, and, and just the way that it drives, like with that flat torque curve, it's, it doesn't have that characteristic that you would be, I, I'd say that we would say we, we would be used to with a four cylinder turbocharged Subaru, where like there's, there's nothing. And then it like throws you into the back of the seat, like yeah. hold on. And then it kind of, okay. And then shift and do it all over again. 
it's just so linear. That's that's what's so different about it. And I think it's all that electronic controls in part that let them do that. But the other thing that's super interesting, you know, there's a lot of people that are talking about how there's all it's it's a nominal power difference between the 22WX and the 21WX. I think it's three horsepower different, three horsepower more. The the two liter WX was doing that with I think it like a peak power or peak boost of like 20 psi. This the 22WX is doing with a peak peak boost of 12. Right. It makes 12 psi. That's it. But that's that's a big piece of how they're able to get this flat torque curve is they're they're basically getting the turbo to start very early. That's how they can make maximum torque at 2000 RPMs because it's only 12 PSI. And then they're just holding that 12 PSI everywhere. And then it starts to taper off at the top. Well, is actually, the ratio I, a lot higher on the new WRX than the outgoing one. The compression ratio. I don't. That's I don't a good think point. So. Because like, you talk about this new head design, like everybody should know if they don't know, and maybe I'm the dumb one, but you know, boost PSI is relative to uh, the restriction of flow. Yeah. So the volume of air, we don't know what the volume of air, the turbo's output is, but if the compression is higher and the heads are flowing better, I mean, you're basically making a normally aspirated engine that's getting that, that assist, you know, a little yeah. make up for all the long intake manifolds and stuff that they have. But, you know, if the heads are that much nicer and that much better flowing and the compression's there, it's definitely going to make it feel more normally aspirated with sure. less boost. Well, and it, it is still a Garrett Turbo. I, I I didn't take pictures of this. And I'm kicking myself now for not doing it. But they had, they had the turbo on the table. And I think it's physically slightly larger. And they change. It's still a twin scroll, but they changed the inlet. So it's not two completely separate uh, openings for the exhaust mm-hmm. to go into the turbo. It's round and it's basically you have two crescents where, where mm-hmm. the exhaust gas goes in. So like everything is more compact. Um, and, and again, like they just have total control over when that wastegate opens so they can hold it shut, get it to spool up, hold it there. Aerodynamically round is a more efficient design than square. I mean, yeah. that's kind of how they started, you know, with those flanges and stuff. Yeah. It's just there's so much going on there. I, I, my guess is that like a stage one flash on this car is going to make it uh, allow it to make a lot more power, peak power wise. But uh, and and I, I bet you that you could probably get it back into something more of like the power delivery that you would expect right. from a four cylinder cool. turbo. Um, I just don't know what it's going to do to the characteristics of the car because it, the crazy thing was driving this four cylinder turbo that just had linear power everywhere. It <laughs> It was wild. John, what I've always seen in the car on a daily basis now is, uh, say, like, third gear, 2,000 RPMs, you floor it, boost peaks at 12, 12.9, even higher, 12.5 sometimes. But then immediately, I mean, this is with your foot to the floor, it's, it's, it, uh, boost is backing off. Mm-hmm. So sure. it only peaks once, and then it, it starts going down quickly, very quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's from a low RPM. Um, but by well, the time you get up high, there's the, there's not a lot of boost happening. See, what, what's most interesting is like this flat torque curve is totally artificial. Like right. it is it is doing it because they want it to do it. And they have all these crazy controls to get it to do this. Yeah. This is not the natural efficiency of a turbocharged four-cylinder engine. They're forcing it to do this. What, what's interesting about it is like just 
and, and Miles, you can talk to this too, but just how linear the throttle response is. I mean, it, it's not it's not exactly like you know a really responsive six cylinder, eight cylinder engine, but it's closer to, closer to that than anything. And it's I, I think it's really applicable to the BRZ, which is a responsive, naturally aspirated engine, where you 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 come off the throttle, you get back on the throttle, you feel like you have very quick media control with the throttle of 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 the car and the acceleration. A smaller rubber band, right? Yeah. Like the, the the older cars felt like it had a really long rubber band. You get out of it. Now you got to wait for boost. I mean, yeah. at the track, if, 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 if you lift, forget it, actually yeah. forget it. And this, you're right. does feel more linear. Um, I short shifted most of the time. I, I, I have no yeah. reason to, 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 to wind it out. Uh, yeah. Talking about the WRX, um, the bottom end torque is just so good. And yeah, it, it does not feel, it feels like a small turbo, right? Just yeah. like you said, it's, so yeah, it, it, I'm curious, you know, if, I mean, I, I don't know if Cobb is going to be able to do anything for this um, yeah. with everything going on. Um, right. they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll do something. I mean, it, it yeah. can't be crazy, but like, it just, it seems like what they left on the table, it, to, what, they left, what they must have left on the table to get it to do what it's doing. Right. means that there's, there's gotta be like some way to build a little bit of a hill of torque in there and, and pick up some mid RPM efficiency. And it, that's going to make this car probably feel like a rocket ship. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're all sounding like Subaru guys a lot right now with like what's <laughs> left on the table, like the potential. And like you, yeah. you watch reviews of, of the WRX and most reviews are like, it's pretty good. And yeah. then it's like, you know, feels like a WRX, all that. Um, and we see like, you know, the potential, there's tons of power left on the table probably and the suspension is such and such and just, just add some camber and yeah. uh, it'll be a, 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 whatever, it'll be a rocket ship and yeah. destroy it all across. Um, yeah. And Subaru, I think, sees some of that too. I don't think they'll do much for, for the power side of things, but uh, without the STI, I 100% expect like a TS edition WRX um with brembos and honestly like better brakes the brakes the brakes need help they're they're yeah. small i i mean it, it it definitely feels like the brakes are probably the, the low-hanging fruit and and like a wrx it doesn't have the diffs that the sti had yeah it, mm -hmm. it needs some kind of diff kind of like what we we're talking about with the beer z like if, if they just took it up to a clutch type diff in the rear and like or even just even if they just put torque biasing as front and rear in the wrx like they like the sti had i mean that would probably just bring it up just that one extra notch what about because i i saw someone ask the question i don't i don't know where it was on social media maybe some maybe it was in a prime post on instagram someone said hey can can you put the old sti transmission in the new wrx yeah and i i can't remember what tuner was they said yes and i thought wow because like right now i don't care how fast you want to shift it yeah <laughs> You yeah. cannot, you have to wait, um, which has yeah. to, be, uh, that's gotta be what kills the zero to 60 in the quarter mile time, right? Sure. sure. Um, Cause if, I mean, if, if you could just flat flip this car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Bruce it, is going to stay there. Yeah. It's like, you know, ah, man, it's like with these, with these new chain driven FA engines, because they've got the, the dual the dual mm. chains. So you don't have the one long timing belt. You have two much smaller chains, which are actually like, that was what, when they, they were having the issue in the WC car when they brought in the sequential, 
is skipping timing because you know the the shifts the sequential shifts put enough of a shock load on on the timing that that giant belt just started to struggle mm. and so like the solution was a dual timing belt setup so you have two small belts and two two independent tensioners which is what these these fa turbo engines have like all the pieces to put in that dual clutch they're all there now subaru you could you could totally do it and and like now you have now you have this flat torque i mean it, it's like it feels like i mean i i have a 335 bmw that has like i think it makes peak torque at 1500 rpms and it it's like it's in that vicinity all of a sudden now that with this four-cylinder turbo engine like the potential is there um for them to do some of these cool things it's just will they i don't know I, don't think I, I want to drive the GT. <laughs> I want yeah. to drive the GT. Yeah. yeah. I, I, we, we did, uh, I don't know, more than 10 years ago, we worked on a Evo X that had the paddle shifters. Yep. The dual clutch. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, it was modified, you know, like, like most Evos, they had like a down pipe and it made like 900 wheel horsepower just from a down pipe. Yeah. I'm yeah. joking. But, um, and I just thought, man, this is so cool. Like you could just, like, I can just, bang gears out here and it yeah. was relatively quick shifting even back then yeah you know i mean like i think that car had like 430 wheel horsepower like eva yeah. you know and i was like wow and here we are all these years later in subaru you know well but so i'll tell you this like overall i think the point that needs to be made new brz it's a really good car yep it's a fun car like i got out of that car from driving it at the track and i'm like if I could just do this for like three more days, I would be happy. Like this, it was just, it was fun. It was responsive. It was, it was just really engaging to drive. It was a lot of fun. What I didn't expect to the, to nearly the degree that it was is how fun the WRX was. The WRX was just so much fun to drive like at like seven tenths, like pushing, but not going crazy. And, and just how responsive it was and, and like how like composed it was. Like it was, again, like I, I completely botched this corner and I wasn't off in the, on the gravel. I didn't spin, it, it didn't come back and bite me. Just like a minor correction is like back on track. Let's get the next one. Don't do that again. And it was a blast. And they're doing this with a car that visibly looks like it's an Outback. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, this this ride height is crazy tall. Yeah. Um, but for every bit that they raised it, uh, they widened it. Yep. Yeah. So it's and it's on the new global platform. Yeah. So so it, it's a it's a whole new chassis. But now maybe because it is on this global platform, maybe it's going to make it so that it's more cost effective for them to bring in more updates to the WRX. Yeah. You know, yeah, breaking I mean, package, a suspension package, something like that. And and that's that's like what they did with the VA and, and the BRZ. They had they had updates every once in a while, adding adding things. You know, they had the yeah. the Brembo package on the WRX and stuff like that. And I think they will. I mean, I think they, I think they know. I think there is like a real enthusiast background at Subaru, and they know that um, things are changing and these might be the last cars where you get to do this kind of thing. Um, so hopefully they'll just have fun with it, which is good for us. Yeah. Well, and, and miles to your point about being excited about an electric, the possibility of an electric car, 
you know it's <laughs> like what this what this tells me is that like like subaru do not play poker with anybody from subaru they will take all your money because you will not be able <laughs> right. to, to like they, they have no tells they have no re like you're just you, you're you are you just write them a check just here's everything just let's let's not go through all the trouble um but they know they're paying attention and they know how to build a good car they know how to build a fun car i mean i the the fun that i had driving that wrx it was it was it was as fun to drive as a brz i wanted to get back in that car and just spend more time in that car driving it and like yes i mean i think with the extra power and the extra weight of the wrx there's going to be things like tires and brakes especially that you're going to want to improve somewhat early on but you can take that car i think largely stock like you're like we've been saying to the autocross and have a lot of fun and the car is going to do what you want it to do by and large and it's going to be a fun experience it's going to be a good experience um, and if they take that and, oh, and translate that into an electric car, like they, yeah. they know how to do it, if they take that and, and, and keep that that philosophy going, I think we're all going to benefit from it. Yeah, I, I was I was going to add to what you said. Um, you know, and I don't want to sound like a doomsday guy here, but if if we are not going to be able to modify this new car with regards to power and power delivery, let's hope that's not the case. But if we're not then at least they gave us a pretty good tune, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. just straight up, yeah. torques flat, you know. Um, will people be disappointed? Yeah, definitely. But could you imagine if we had to live with prior stock tunes? Right, right. <laughs> right? Yeah. That comes to mind. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know. Um, I, yeah. I hate to say it, but that that horizon is here i mean yeah. you guys put up a pretty awesome uh, uh little gift there when when the cob announcement made was made about like this is suspension people while while everybody's freaking out about no power it's like i it's the, the things are changing and and they just changed really fast in the subaru community and i think that there's the pendulum is going to swing back a little bit but it's never going to go back to what it was i think there's there's going to be more clever smart solutions to 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 open up some of these possibilities that seemingly now are are closed or or are you know moved reserved only for race cars but it's not going to be exactly the same as it was but you know there's a lot of potential there in in weight savings in in suspension in brakes and you know power is just one aspect of driving a car right you know there's there's so much more that like fun to be had than just mashing you know the gas pedal i mean it's there, there's a reason that racetracks have curves it's yeah. not i mean otherwise all the racetracks would just be drag strips you know uh, there, there's more to it than that i'll i'll say this about the the 22 wrx it i, I mentioned it kind of reminds me in some ways of, of the bug eye the first wrx that we got here uh where it actually has travel and over the years subaru has kind of pulled back on travel and and they've kind of also made, they had like their targets. Like they wanted the car to be like a poor man's Audi S4 or M3. And part of that was making it have less travel and be more road tarmac. That was their vision. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there are some pluses to that, but I think they kind of, I think they kind of lost their way a little bit and lost some of like the Subaru character and say what you will about the, the fender flares on this car and that it looks like an Outback, but it, 
it has that Subaru like character and they like really went in on making it feel fun and like easy to drive fast and composed yeah. when you, you go in too fast. And um, that's great. I think that that bodes well for, for whatever comes next, because if they, that, that is their strength, like driving a car and knowing this is a Subaru and it's trying to be a Subaru, not something else. Um, so if they can take that and run with it with an electric car, um, yeah. I won't, I won't miss the, <laughs> yeah, an EJ or an FA that much. Um, so, I mean, my brother has a, a Volvo Polestar too, mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> phenomenal. It's incredible. Yeah, um, that's a really neat car. It, I mean, and driving it recently, it just kind of, that could easily, you could do that with a WRX. Like it's, sure. it's not that far off. Um, Subaru could do something like that and make it, make it a, yeah. a blast so as 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 far as suspension goes on the on the 22 wx um i know we're looking forward to developing everything we've ever had for it um uh we're already working with kw on new dampers um yeah. coilovers also and <laughs> yeah. and um the big priority is maintaining travel, mm-hmm. right? Because everything we've talked about today that, that it is doing in its stock form, it's happening because of travel. Well, um, and, and I wager to the geometry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not just the right. travel, but the suspension geometry, like what happens as the wheel goes through its range of motion. Right. So, you know, um, and you know, like the factory gave the rear suspension twenty percent more travel. That's that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That's it a lot. It. Yeah, right. And for it to do what it's doing, it needs it, right? And 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 for the first time, Subaru is talking about and factoring in the front to rear frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they like like they they have it in their in their in their tech ad yeah. that 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 you probably got for the ride and drive. Um, you know, so like they're giving up the goods. Like they're telling us the deal. And, and like Drew said, you know, like the GC, the GD and the, and the GR all had, let's just say front suspension, 158 mm-hmm. millimeters of total stroke. The VA, they took an inch away. Right. Boom. I mean, it's yeah. cars on the bump stops constantly. And now the new car, they gave a whole lot back mm-hmm. <laughs> plus the droop rebound weird, you know, thing. But, um, so yeah, we're we're looking forward to making the car faster and not making it slower, and uh, giving people options for their cars because I, I don't think everyone's going to want to dump it. Um, and, I think people still want it to. They're probably going to hate it even more now if they do. <laughs> like, I mean, it was bad before, but like it's probably going to be like, you put them on like, what did I just do? <laughs> I have ruined it. I think what we get into is is how long does it take the average person who lowered it and it's now cool to actually admit actually it sucks yeah. because right i mean yeah and there's like the expectation setting too like very frequently we'll see like someone or someone will ask us like i just want a mild drop just a little bit daily driver just like two and a half inches it's like okay that's right. actually huge, that's huge. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah but with this car you know it starts out visually higher yeah um and so, you know, you're, we're already seeing some shop cars that are really low and 
they're going from what a starting point that's visually higher down to what looks cool. And it's like two, two and a half inches lower than stock. And, you know, it, it's going to need some serious geometry correction at that point. And a lot of the, a lot of the shocks that they're using don't have very much travel and to begin with, to begin yeah. with, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. we're talking like two and a half inches less travel than stock on, on yeah. a new car. So, um, it does look cool. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised how much I like it, uh, with the, with the painted flares or not. Right. Um, I, I want to hit. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I want to hit something though, miles to, to what you just said, which is, yeah. which is encouraging. So we, we've talked about the, the coilovers, the rebound spring, how good it is, how good it works. What, what I'm reading between the lines of what you just said is that, like, that is not a one trick pony. That is, that is good. It is, it is an improvement, but all of the components of the suspension also have been changed and improved. So like with a, with a proper designed spring or a coilover setup, like you, you've got actually a more room to make the car handle even better than maybe you did out of the gate from like the VHS or the GRGV. So literally, like right now, I think we have uh, at, at the shop, we have a front and rear OEM direct shock on the dyno. I'll probably know tonight, but like Drew and I were just talking before all this, like we have no clue what this dyno plot's going to look like because mm -hmm. in theory, the amount of rebound, the amount of low speed rebound is going to be tremendous. Mm -hmm. And, and, and therein lies a lot of the control, but to the coilover production and, and, and making a new shock, um, it, it's just going to need good travel and good valving. Yeah. And that's not something everyone gets right. Um, low will look low and be cool. And then there will be function, right? I mean, like it'll, it'll be interesting yeah. two years from now to see a bunch of cars, a bunch of directs at a track day, because there'll be people who will pogo through a corner <laughs> Who yeah. cannot? Who cannot hit a curb? There's no curbing to be had. Right. Um, and then there'll be people who, you know, the car is just kind of floating through a corner. Not 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 floaty, but just, just planted, floating on around. Just yeah. planted. Um, yeah. You know, and when you watch the, some of the original videos, like Scott Speed did with Subaru, right out at Thermal, mm -hmm. he's taking curb after curb in in, in the stock car. Um. I feel like with the width of this car and, and the slightly increased wheelbase, you should still be able to do that once you change the dampers. And yeah, I don't know. I just, um, we really want a good shock for people for this car. I don't want to give up any function. Um, yeah. Uh, if it stays stock, stock shocks, stock suspension actually is formidable, but there's room. Yeah. I mean, Maybe in, in, in spring increase rate, but I don't know. We'll see. But. And, and, and my biggest hope is like, again, it's just, it is such a fun car to drive. These are both such fun cars to drive that yeah. I hope it, it, we get an infusion of enthusiasts that, that drive this car and get excited because it's just so much fun. I mean, I got out of the WRX, I'll be honest. I'm not in love with the looks of it. I'm not a big <laughs> fan of sedans, but I got out of that car going like, this thing is so much fun. I really have to reevaluate like I, I just, it, it was just so much fun, so engaging to drive. It's like, I just want to do that more. I want to sit lower in it. I, I, I mean, sure. I'm all, I'm, I'm tall, but still, I, I, I feel like I want to sit like at least an inch lower than what it, you can get. It right feels now. like you're, you're in a truck. I mean, it's, it, it, it 
like the, the dash is low, the <laughs> wheel is low. You're, you're just, I, you, I, if they would have had a big wheel and one of those like things where you could just like, turn like yeah. this, it would have been like, yeah, okay, I could see it. But it's, um, yeah. But anyway, well, yeah, that, go ahead. I was just going to say, so guys, we were just a little bit over an hour. Do you guys have a couple more minutes? Sure. Okay. I want to ask you about the new GR Corolla because I know you guys are excited <laughs> about it. Mm. Like now, now what I'm going to say here at the end where really if anybody's still watching, I really am curious to find out what the, what the speed difference, like lap time difference is actually between this new WRX and GR Corolla. I don't doubt mm. that the GR Corolla is going to be faster. But my bet is that the new WRX is going to be a lot closer to the Jericrola than people are, are expecting it to be, just because of the power band and the suspension being as good as it is. I, I don't, again, I don't think the Jericrola is going to be slower than the WRX. I just think it's going to be closer. But what are what are your expectations for this new Jericrola? I I think if if there were a, a new STI, I think whatever that is, and I'm just obviously just making stuff up here but if that existed the gr corolla would be pretty much smack dab in the middle between a wx and sti Mm. um and maybe maybe that was the plan and and everything got shuffled or something i I don't know um but i i think the gr corolla uh with like the circuit pack which with the front and rear uh diffs and like the the carpet roof and stuff i think it'll be a, a solid step up over the WRX in terms of track time, uh, uh, lap time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think that car is going to have a lot of potential. I think it's going to have a lower ceiling than a WRX, um, but I think it's going to start out um, uh, pretty, pretty yeah. darn nice. The, the output of that engine is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like the 2021 STI, if it had the same output, it would be 500 horsepower from the factory. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. It's, yeah. that, that'd be, that would be something. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 so. Uh, do you think it it feels to me like there's a chance, and it's a slim chance, but there's enough of a relationship between Subaru and Toyota. I wonder if there could be some version of a Subaru that is the the, the GR Corolla, if they would bring it into the Subaru. Mm. You don't think so? I, I feel like at the core, the Japanese. The Subaru Japanese execs are way too proud. A boxer. <laughs> yeah. Sure. 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 You, you know, like, like, I mean, within this analogy, the Toyota execs are willing to put on the Subaru sport coat to do the mm. BRZ. I'm not feeling the Subaru execs are willing to put on the GR sport coat to do a pseudo, you know. Uh, yeah. But, but, I don't know. It's just my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing of it is, is like what, what the, the really interesting thing about the Yaris and the Corolla is that they're much smaller. Yeah. And, it, and it's so interesting. Like, like we've been talking about that the new WRX is longer, it's wider, it's, it's, it's bigger. And if like, I, I still have my O3 bug eye and we're, you know, I'm parked right next to, to Scotty's uh, uh, GR hatch. And it's like, it's bigger. Like it, it's clear that it's bigger. And then they got the VA and like, it's bigger again, and they they've kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They need something that's that like goes back into that shrinking ray. If 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 this were two thousand eight, I'd say yep, here we go. Because we, right. if if you look at if you look at the previous GD chassis STI and World Rally, it, it was too big, right? It's too big. Yeah. 
the Peugeot came in, it was like zip, 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 zip. It was gone. <laughs> yep. I mean, a, a Debrex came around the corner, it looks like a big limo with like yeah. a, yeah, with like a limo, you know. Um, it was like, you, whoa, what, what's this thing? Miles, did you see what uh, Pastrana said about Ken Block bringing in a WRC car to, I think it was 100 Ooh. Acre Wood? No. He's, he's like, we have to, we have to go back to the drawing board because we can't, we can't touch him. Wow. And that was like a, the, was he driving uh, like a, a Skoda? Hyundai. Oh, the Hyundai? It was a Hyundai. Yeah. Wow. But, but the thing of it is like, for one, it's, it's WRC. So like Vermont's yeah, sports yeah. car, they're no slouch, but like, you don't have literally like hundreds of millions of dollars to develop a car, which is what mm. like these WRC cars are, but they're, they're smaller and they're lighter, like by a great degree. And like, Subaru yeah. was already too big in 2008 when they left, they've gotten bigger twice. And the WRC cars, if anything, have gotten maybe even a little bit smaller. Now, yeah, it would be interesting to see if there's some short-run homologated Subaru that's basically a GR, you know, right? And then yeah. they, it, they they'd make one last hurrah to get into World Rally with it, and no one saw that coming. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. Who knows? I, I, Subaru... Maybe they'll bring back the Legacy Spec B. Who knows? Right. <laughs> it's just, it's so frustrating that, like, you have now uh, another target for Subaru like Subaru and, Evo, and Mitsubishi with Evo were always kind of like trying to one-up each other yeah and then and then Mitsubishi kind of left and Subaru was just kind of out there and it's like well the, the Gulf R is a is a target but like they never really embraced that they never embraced that mm. that rivalry like they embraced the Evo now you've got this GR Corolla and the GR Yaris that's like okay you want you want a target to shoot for here's your target and but they're like now we're we're out I think there will be a lot of people cross shopping them because you look at the pricing on the WRX and it, I mean, it, it can be fairly well equipped for like low, low mid thirties, um, yeah. but it, it gets up there. Yeah. Um, Especially in that GT version. Yeah. Yeah. That's like over 40 and the Corolla you know, rumored, but should be like mid thirties. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just small. Like you said, um, I want one Toyota badge sure. or Subaru badge. Yep. I, want to, I want to put <laughs> yep. 15 inch wheels on it and I want to, drive like an yeah. idiot on gravel roads. That's what I it's, want to do. But I just, my hope would be like in some way that, that Subaru, because I, I think there, there are going to be people that are, like I said, are shopping. They're looking at the WRX, they're looking at the GR Corolla. It, 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 that if Subaru could like even just tweak the WRX to get it, like give it the diffs, give it, give it better brakes, give it a little bit of a fighting chance against the GR Corolla, like, like close that gap a little bit there. I don't think there's far off as, is like every everybody on the internet probably now thinks that they are. I yeah. think there's a, I think there's a lot of people who can't get over the fact that it's a Corolla, mm -hmm. right? I mean, just saying, like it's that that's not how I feel, but because I I know what it's capable of. But there are people right. out there who are like, I'm not paying that for a Corolla, right? Can you imagine if you over the Yaris? Like, yeah. you want me to you want me to get excited about a Yaris? Right. Like, what you know? Like it's like why? Like why? What's <laughs> But yeah, it's just like the, it's like when the WRX first came out. The people that knew knew what it was and were excited about it, knew what was exciting about it, and and that was the driving factor. And yeah, I don't know. They'll, Toyota seems to be doing a much better job with the release than WRX uh, Super did with the new WRX, unfortunately. So we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. But it's just it's super it's super interesting. And like between the BRZ and the new WRX, like they're they're both really good platforms with with a lot of potential. And uh, it, it makes me feel better again about being like somebody that's involved in the super performance market and super aftermarket. Like, all right, we, we still have, we still have some good stuff here. And, and I, I 
feel like they're especially with the WRX, we're going to catch more people. You know, yeah. we, we've we've been having some some people that are gone going on to other platforms, and I think some people might come back, or we might find some new people with this thing. What, what if <laughs> I'll leave you on this note? Yeah. What if Subaru regroups and the GT comes out with brakes, six pots in the front, Recaro seats like we know, and uh, and uh, you know, it's it's just all of it. Well, honestly, like the only thing, if if it has all of that, the only other thing it would need potentially is is something like a dual clutch transmission. Right. Yeah. Like like a real one. Yeah. Yeah. If it if it had that. And it was at that price point, even even like mid forties, man. I would be I would be deadly curious to drive it. I, yeah. I would. I mean, it's 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 fun enough with it with the manual transmission. If you have like even that step up in suspension and brakes, and then you put in a dual clutch, like a real dual clutch. Right. I, I boy, it'd be fun. Oh, and painted flares, body painted flares. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, this that is going to be available. Like in, in, I don't know what is it's uh, it's two o'clock, uh, five o'clock today, <laughs> because there's there's like a handful of aftermarket companies. Even when we were there, Subaru said that they were looking at it because really? that's that's just such a. I mean, they're again they don't they don't really tell you a lot, but they pay attention. They're, yeah. they're like the they're like the the person that's that's sitting like at, at the party on the on the wall that's just not talking <laughs> to anybody, but they're just listening to what everybody says. Right. I'm like, okay, all right, painted flares, yeah. I mean, like, how hard would that be for them to make? I mean, that's what like, the WRX like, wagon in Australia and the Laborg have, like, the same thing, yeah. but painted. Uh, it looks slightly yeah. different, but they could paint some flares, and maybe they will for a TS or something yeah. like that. Do you remember the whole grill debacle in 08? Like, oh people didn't like the grill, and so then they came out with yeah. the accessory grill, and then I think in 2009, all the cars had the accessory grill. Right. Like, if it's something that's that easy, that academic, how could they not do that? I feel like I feel like a TS will be uh, Brimbo's front and rear, painted flares, and some kind of a different rear spoiler. Maybe like a pink spring thing. Yeah, yeah like ten millimeters it, lower than some. Boom. Yeah, well, yeah. it'd have to be an inch, but yeah, ten mil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they'll do. Yeah. Well, so, you know what? That's you, you raise an interesting point that's worth mentioning. So for the S two and nine, they actually got. Super Technic International certified to ba- make a vehicle. That's how the S29 arrived at these shores. Right. So they put in a lot of effort and a lot of money to get to that point. They now they have it. it it's but, if, if Subaru if STI makes any other trim version of any other vehicle, it's going to be way easier to bring it into the U.S. market than it was before. How could they not do that again? John, don't you think, and, and I know this isn't about the S209, but don't you think now looking, knowing what we know now, don't you think they knew then that they were never going to make a next-gen STI? That's I, a whole podcast right there, right? I True. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. I honestly don't. I don't, don't. either. Um, I, my guess is that they, that they at least had test mules. Yeah, because yeah. because way back when we had Preston Osborne on, who's the director of ARA, and so I mean he's he's the director of, of rallying, so he has very a lot of connections with the uh, uh, Vermont sports car guys, and and he basically said he's been twisting their arm for information. This is when all the speculation was swirling about the 400 horsepower and so forth, and he, and they were they were joshing him saying like ah oh, yeah maybe I've seen it. In fact, maybe I've driven it, but uh, yeah, it's coming, mm-hmm. and I I just don't figure like. 
those guys in that situation would have said that if they hadn't actually seen something, mm. you know, and, and like the, the timeline, I, it's there. I can't believe that we would have seen so many rumors that were so similar. I guess it's yeah. the internet age, so anything's possible, but it right. seems like the speculation was so consistent and there's, there's all these spy shots of, of what was supposed to be the next STI driving around the Nürburgring and stuff like that. I just can't believe that we would have seen all of that, had all of that messaging if they never actually put pen to paper or did any kind of design work on the new STI and, and started to even move the ball in that direction. I mean, like, you know that they have to have been playing around with this FA turbo engine to have some idea of what, what else they could do to it. it, it hmm. Obviously, they, they modified it for the WRX differently from what the, what the Ascent has. They're, they're tinkering with it. You know, I mean, maybe it just never got beyond that tinkering stage, but yeah, I, I feel like they did. There's going we'll to be a, there's gonna be an HBO documentary in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> what the happened SCI to the STI? Yeah. It's like, like who killed the electric car? Who killed yeah. off the STI? <laughs> I, I, I would love to know, but because if for no other reason, it would give us a window into kind of a little bit of Subaru's mindset. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, from an optimistic note, like what we see with the SCI Type RA, like mm. here's here's an electric car, it's it's made to the FIA EGT criteria more or less. They're putting four motors on the wheels, which is ex- a motor on each wheel, which is exactly what Subaru should do. They should try and exploit it in that like electric motivation in that direction and really take all-wheel drive to that next threshold, mm-hmm. yep. not just not just put one motor in front and back and and use the brakes to, to give you all the control right. of the traction. Like you Artificial. should actually yeah, get actual control of each wheel and play with that sure. and, and, and give us, give us the, the possibility. In fact, Subaru, I'm going to, I'm going to give you one for, for all of you execs that are watching at the end. My speculation is at some point down the road with, with electric motivation, there's, we're going to get dual axis steering. There's going to be another level of control other than just turning left and right with the steering wheel. My guess is like forward and back because you could potentially have some control over the yaw, like be able yeah. to over overdrive or under overdrive the outside or underdrive the inside wheels, you know, and, and give us control of that. A little a la uh, uh, F1 Mercedes. Well, in, in inspiration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> more more yeah, like from from Acura with uh, their super all wheel drive. Right. It'll change our conversation about diffs a little bit if we just have yeah. motors on each corner. Well, because that like that would be the other cool thing, right? If you have a motor on each wheel. Like we're talking about torsion diffs and what they do, what they don't do. If you have a motor on each wheel, you can have a button. Go like, I want a limited slip diff. I want it one way, one and a half way, two way. Mm-hmm. It's a toggle because yeah. then the motors can do, can behave in that way immediately. Like the potential there would be like for, for, for a Subaru, for an STI, for like an electric rally car. Like that, that potential is, is crazy if they, if they ex- explore down that path. Yeah. So, so super that that's flatirontuning.com race comp engineering. You now, if you, if you, if you want us to solve this for you, you know, just, just give us a call. No yeah. big deal. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Well guys, thank you so much for your time. I've taken up a lot of it. I really appreciate it. We no lost Dussex. He actually had a meeting at two. So okay. I, I apologize. It wasn't the pills didn't get him everybody. Don't worry. Don't what, worry. you know, we should do the next time and maybe you'll have the first podcast to do it. Drew and I should be in the WX and we should be at the track and we should have a camera on the dash 
and do like a real world and we'll have Live a camera test. mounted out. That would be cool. And we can talk like Drew can talk. I can talk, you know, just vlogging sure. this thing. Okay. That That's a whole <laughs> new thing. We're going to get on it. We'll figure it out. If <laughs> nothing else, cool. maybe a podcast from the track. Cause that yeah. sounds, that sounds a lot of fun. And that's, that's, that's what I want to do with these two cars, like get them to the yeah. track and drive them. So for sure, I'll take up on that. Cool. Well, thanks right. guys. Thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it as always. And until next time, stay tuned with Flatirons Tuning. Thanks. Thanks for having us. All right. All right. Thanks guys. Right. Take care. Bye. Thanks everyone for tuning into the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. Once again, we'd like to let you know that your support is what makes this show possible. Be sure to check out our online store at flatironstuning.com for any of your aftermarket or OEM Subaru parts needs. And as always, stay tuned with Flatirons Tuning.